0: these are bad movies your favorite bad movies podcast well and if you had to define favorite
1: <laughs> we at least make the list of bad movie podcasts that you're listening to and we appreciate that we do <laughs> i'm amy bell
0: i'm amanda ferriante
1: and this week we are going to hit up the movie theater for the first time since the whole COVID thing for me. Have you been? No.
0: The last movie <laughs> I saw in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: I saw Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters as well. It might have been my last movie in theaters. But I have a child, so what's your excuse?
0: <laughs> I went with a fellow lawyer, actually. We were galed everybody <laughs> with stories of the movie the next day over lunch, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure it was exciting, um, and it's it's kind of funny to have a movie like Sonic the Hedgehog so burned into your memory because of circumstances.
0: Yeah, there was. If I had had <laughs> to pick one, <laughs> it wouldn't have been Sonic no! the Hedgehog. No, no, I didn't even really want to go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been over a year. Yeah, Since same. I've seen a movie in theaters. And, and you you at least did the drive-in theater stuff. I didn't.
1: Yeah, I did. But they, those were all um, older movies. There weren't any new releases.
0: Yeah, but the, the movie public viewing shared yeah. experienceness.
1: So Amanda calls me today and says she's going to see a movie with some of her other friends. Which and I, I do went, have. I went, oh, that sounds like a bad movie. Let's go. I'm invited. I just invited myself. She invited friends.
0: herself. We haven't gone yet. It could be hate on site. These are not friends. Amy knows. I don't care. She doesn't care. I'm, I'm
1: showing up to their event, and I'm gonna lay down the bad movie truth. That that's the worst part, though, is that after all these all this time of not being in a movie theater. I can decidedly say this movie is going to be a bad movie.
0: Yeah, probably. But also, I'm probably going to enjoy it very much. Yeah, maybe. I like musicals. Yeah. We're going to watch In the Heights. And
1: I am. The reason I'm thinking it's going to be a bad movie is, is the that same
0: reason anybody should think it's going to be a bad movie.
1: What's that? Lynn. Oh, yeah. He's just got some bad politics. And by bad, I mean he doesn't necessarily understand them.
0: But is. Seen as a figure in some areas.
1: Yeah. um To me, Lynn manuel Miranda represents um, the difference between representation in media and actual push for change and how representation just really isn't enough.
0: It's... I think the word for it is woke. But in... A derogatory sense?
1: Yeah, And that kind of... I don't know.
0: Like, he's d- make, woke, Make you feel
1: good without actually doing anything to change circumstances. Yeah, he
0: doesn't always have the best takes.
1: No, he doesn't. But he's a little bit libertarian, which... I, I usually I, say that word with laughter.
0: I haven't delved that much into his politics, aside from... I'm probably not going to base mine on his...
1: <laughs> either way i think it's going to be i i enjoy musicals too it'll probably be fun although i'm not gonna speak to you <laughs> the entire time i hope you know well yeah you don't talk in movie theaters okay but like, like i'm not a heathen what's the okay. matter with you well you,
0: you're you crashing the party amy like i don't know what kind of amy you're bringing to the table Oh,
1: it's gonna be awful amy but in between like before and after the movie, okay, yeah, okay i'm gonna okay. be awful
0: okay that's at least what I would expect. Actually, you know group. what? No. I'm no. going to
1: throw things at no. you. I'm going to throw things at you during the movie.
0: Rude. I'm going to sit
1: on the other side <laughs> of the group from you as well so that I have to throw well, it over everybody. I don't everybody. really
0: want to be associated with you at this point. So, no. Well,
1: you unfortunately told me when and where you were seeing this movie. So now you can't avoid it. Oh. And if you don't go with me, then that means I can sit like three rows behind you and throw things at you really effectively. Also, she went and bought everybody else candy and like was like, ah! not none for you. None for you in the sense that I'm really
0: allergic to gluten and she bought all gluten candy. Well, in fairness, I apparently had another one of those internal conversations <laughs> where I thought during the course of our phone call that I had explained, I'm going to pick up candy for everybody. Is there any candy you would like? And you just never responded to the thing I didn't say out loud. And so I was a little peeved at you.
1: <laughs> so she bought all candy that I literally not can't not eat.
0: intentionally. I just didn't check.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be the, it's gonna be awesome. This is this is the setup for our first time back in a movie theater. I don't
0: want to be with you in public,
1: and I love it. <laughs> it's gonna be awful.
0: Yeah. Ooh, ooh. well we should hit Speaking the. road. Speaking of
1: which, yeah, we gotta go. Let's do this.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're back. We watched the movie. A week ago. Yeah. It's taken a week to kind of like get it back together after the uh, movie going experience. Not for myself. Well, but you know, it was rough. It was a rough movie experience. It was fine for me. Well, okay. So here's what happened. And this is the lowdown on this gossip. Amanda's like, I'm going to the movie with a person she was dating and their roommates and i'm like cool who i'd met once prior it's a group thing
0: like i'm going you no ma- big you made some assumptions <laughs>
1: no big well okay what amanda failed to mention was the roommates were dating each other so they were actually on a double date which those words never came out of her mouth
0: yeah until I- we
1: were like no. at the theater almost no
0: well yes yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, it came out in the car ride. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, it was a really ridiculous setup. And it kind of explains why Amanda was being super dramatic before the movie and saying, like, I'm not going to talk to you. It's like, what? Like, nobody talks in movies, Amanda. Which, by the way, Amanda totally could not resist talking to me during the movie. I
0: talk all the time in movies. <laughs> I know. And there was just a lot of points where it was just like,
1: is that seriously happening?
0: It was hilarious. (laughs) I got Amy to, like, guffaw and cackle towards the end of the movie. Like, very loudly and rudely. It was quite an achievement. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: yeah. It was kind of a bad movie. And part of it might be that I think a lot of people go into that movie expecting it to be a good movie. I didn't expect it to be good. I know, but you've you've kind of done a little bit more um, research, maybe incidental research. Incidental. You've absorbed I, a little bit most... of the issue surrounding Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. and his work.
0: Yeah, like I read an article about him once, and it made me sad for like a couple hours. <laughs> I was like, ah, darn. So, um, do you want to summarize the plot? Yeah, so, for context, I have not seen the stage play, or stage musical. So, this plot may not be the one you're familiar with. Basically, Usnavi is the main character, and he uh, was born in the Dominican Republic, and as a little kid moved with his family to the United States where he, you know, established a life in Washington Heights, a borough in New York. His parents are dead, so it's a lot of um, found family kind of stuff. Like, there's a neighborhood abuela, and um, you know, he's... It's all very charming.
1: It's very charming. Um, really warm colors, really vibrant, mm-hmm. um, a lot of just it,
0: it, it has a lot of charm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, basically over the course of three, the, the majority of the plot happens over the course of about three days leading up to a blackout um, where there's just a total power loss. Um, but like the whole inciting thing is Nina comes home from Harvard. Stanford. Stanford on the West Coast. Um, and, you know, has to break it to her father that she's dropping out of school. And, um, Loose Navy is trying to get with Nina. And then there's this other chick whose name I'm not remembering right now. And Ben, who have a love plot throughout.
1: It was the girl that came back from no. Stanford that was... Oh, with Ben. With Ben.
0: But Camilla who works at the hairdresser salon. Yes.
1: Was whose Navi was yes. In.
0: So there's two love stories throughout. Yes. Um, and, and basically it follows, you know, them trying to woo each other at various points and being rebuffed. And also sort of the neighborhood's response to the blackout. And there being a winning lotto ticket which is not discovered until towards the end of the m- movie that abuela won the winning lotto ticket and held it aside to give to US Navy so he could start his lifelong dream of running uh, of reestablishing his father's business in the Dominican Republic. Throughout the movie he's trying to to buy that bit of land. He's trying
1: to get back to the best days of his life
0: from when he was like 8.
1: Right. Yes. And and that's one of the biggest plots of the movie, mm-hmm. I think, is Uznavi realizing that the best days of his life were actually there.
0: In Washington Heights. In Washington Heights. Because he, he wanted to return to the Dominican Republic and this dream he had based on what his father's aspirations were. There's a lot in... Uh, the movie is very much about identity and community and location, right? Those are all tied into each other. So... Camila, who works at the hair salon, wants to move uptown and break into fashion. And it would be a big status change for her. And and there's various things holding her back from that. Um, Nina has this whole issue with being in Stanford and being the first from her her community in her borough to go to an Ivy League kind of school.
1: And not being accepted there and being suspected of theft right when she arrives and, yeah, you know, the kind of classism and racism mm-hmm. that breaking out of your social class mm-hmm. can bring with it.
0: Yeah. So the lack of community in at, at Stanford, in addition to the classism and raci- r- racism and microaggressions and macroaggressions that she experienced there, leads her to want to drop out.
1: And also, while this is happening, there's another uh, smaller m- plot, smaller plot with
0: Usnavy's younger cousin, who is undocumented.
1: Yes, but I was going to talk about the gentrification of the neighborhood.
0: Oh, yes, that too.
1: Yes, um, but also, that plot takes a back burner.
0: The gentrification one. The gentrification
1: one. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Because it- he's, he stays and builds up his his bodega, but part of the discussion, at least initially in, like, the first act, is all of these businesses are being pushed out. Right. Right. Um, except for his. Which, by the end of the movie, is half bodega, half fashion store.
1: A bodega can sell whatever it wants.
0: Yeah, but it was it was interesting.
1: <laughs> well... What was particularly interesting was that, did he own the building? Did they not price the rent out like they did everyone else in the neighborhood? Uh, Why was this bodega spared from the gentrification? I'll tell you why. He didn't act, Lin-Manuel Miranda did not want to actually address that because it was counter to the narrative that, like, this whole bootstraps ideal that's in a lot of his work.
0: Well this this wasn't It was a love story he, he, to he, capitalism he got, he and got, America as
1: a melting pot.
0: He got a lotto ticket. Like that was the big break. It
1: was, but it was only like ninety three thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. Not no, enough, I'm I'm not yeah. do- I'm not doing finances on this story. But um the other big plot point that we should mention is Abuela dies during the blackout. Um, which, th- the, the, the theme that ties into the rest of the story is in her sort of death-passing musical number, she talks about, sings about her experience moving to the U.S. with her mother, who moved there to find work and... Yeah, it was a bootstrap story. Yeah. Again, like the, the theme
1: of if you just work hard and dream big as long as those dreams aren't really that big because everybody's dreams were just like work in a
0: shop. Well, Stanford pretty high up there. Yeah, but her story wasn't resolved. No. Well, she decided to go back to school. Did she? Yes. She decided to go back to school so that she could help Saka kids okay
1: yeah but it, it wasn't it, it still did, like her issues weren't really no. resolved no at all um it really the resolution was largely just uznavi's love story yeah and his and
0: ben and 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 nina yeah they to got a to a lesser degree they they decided to do the long distance thing yes but all throughout it, there's a lot of really striking
1: dance numbers. Um, it was very visually interesting. It was. And they had uh, a lot of you know kind of surrealistic imagery to help. Oh
0: yeah there there was a there was a song and dance number where i literally gasped in fear <laughs> from what i was seeing on the screen <laughs> when they start walking on the side of the building i was like oh they're going to fall
1: Yeah, so it wasn't a realist portrayal no. by any means and but I, the way i don't it... want to try to hold it to a realist standard either no
0: it was very clear as the movie went on That what is depicted on screen is sort of the imagined perceptions of each of the characters, right?
1: Right, it and it it was at times really fun, um, at times you know, really kind of was a touching story, um. It did run way longer than it needed to. I mean, here's the thing. If you saw this in the theater, they give you an intermission. And mm-hmm. that intermission is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And they used to give intermissions in movies. And I don't know why they stopped. Probably so they could show more movies in a day. Yeah. But something that's over two hours long, give me an intermission. I mean,
0: ev- even La Mis didn't have an intermission.
1: Yeah. It, it, particularly in those big, long, made-for-stage productions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got an intermission if you see them in the stage. Like, give us an intermission.
0: Well, that's, that's the other thing, too, is there was a running plot line of the... I'm not remembering what it is in Spanish, but the Iceman that Lynn played. Oh, yeah. I have to assume that is a... No, I don't even have to assume the wikipedia page that is a holdover from the stage version yes that i guess they decided to keep in because they were trying to condense into a two and a 23 minute movie all these plots so there there are entire characters written out but they kept that one
1: so that Lin Manuel Miranda could have. His, I don't.
0: I don't even know though so because I guess. O- originally he was Usnavi.
1: Well, yeah, but he's getting up there in years for. Yeah, so that he wasn't role. like.
0: But I, I don't know why they kept it. Be- because what was kept was bizarre. At one point, <laughs> I guess he has this this thing with the ice cream truck guy, like they're in some kind of competition, like a ice cream turf war yeah and so he gets up on the dude's truck and starts like dancing around and then he decides to ruin some small children's ice cream (laughs) who just got it from the ice cream truck like he he almost curb stomped those ice cream cones but (laughs) instead (laughs) restrained himself and just poured his like ice shaving syrup all over it and the children were dismayed and he keeps on going his merry way (laughs) Like, I'm winning at life. It was was so ridiculous.
1: But you know what? This is not... Those little eccentricities weren't what made it a bad movie. And
0: it, it, it was not his movie. He was in it. He wrote the initial version of the play. But other people also contributed to... The stage play that people wanted to see. He was in school when he started writing In the Heights, finished writing In the Heights, did a, you know, produced a play in school, and everyone was like, eh, it's sort of like Latino Rent. Maybe work on that. And then work was done, and it's the second, third, fourth, whatever iteration that people actually went to to theaters to see and then that was changed further for this movie adaptation, which, you know, he was in and he I produced. I don't think he was one of the writers for the movie and he did not direct it.
1: Well, and this is where we need to talk about what the social impact of the movie is because and and saying
0: the social impact of the movie we haven't had time
1: to see to see that that yeah that's not exactly we saw it's not
0: that influential i don't think well also it's been like two weeks since it's released exactly
1: but i mean the the with the play the the criticisms of the movie are not all that different from the play itself they wouldn't be but it's really challenging to criticize works like this um as white people. Yes. And we wouldn't be doing it if the criticism was founded in the portrayal of uh, the culture. Because we are not from the culture. We don't
0: know. Um, we would- I'm not criticizing the movie aside from the weird ice cream turf war thing. Oh. Well, and, and some of the shots look like they may have been done in studio afterwards and sort of CGI'd in but oh yeah so I'm not even really complaining about the runtime I complained initially after leaving the movie and after some thought it's in keeping with what my expectation should be for a movie musical so I'm not even complaining about the runtime so
1: I'm gonna cover a few things about the impact that these that In the Heights um, has had on the community um, that it's supposed to represent um, and on Lin-Manuel Miranda in general and kind of how In the Heights was a reflection of his personal philosophy and a discussion of how that philosophy uh, does hurt people Mm. Um, and try to keep it from the perspective of whiteness that's the only pr- perspective I got, baby. Right. But whiteness itself is, it, it, it's more than just being white. While white people are a part of whiteness, um, you can be a person of color and uphold whiteness. Yeah. Um, whiteness is kind
0: of more the best definition. It's also like a, a cultural, social thing. Well, the best definition
1: I saw, the reason that we have white culture rather than German, French, Mm -hmm. British, is because that was what the melting pot was. The melting pot wasn't that everybody could come here and melt together. The melting pot was all of these European identities melted together into whiteness in the United
0: States. That honestly makes so much more sense. It
1: does, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So when you look at
1: whiteness as this kind of Upholding of a unified base European culture in the Americas. To the exclusion. Of, to the exclusion of others. Yes. You, you start to see how um, even if you are personally Puerto Rican in Lin-Manuel Miranda's case, mm-hmm. um, your philosophy and your politics can still uphold whiteness because whiteness is not a culture in the terms that like we would typically think of culture it's not uh, it's a ruling philosophy. Yeah. it's a ruling philosophy
0: that ha- it, it's, it's it's not religion no per se it's no. not music per se it's not food per se nope it's more about class not necessarily about class per se. It's more Maybe about just the r- a ruling structure, yeah.
1: Um, and 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 systems of privilege. That's why they talk in terms of privilege, of privilege because it's really hard to parse this out. Yeah. So when you when you recognize whiteness as a ruling structure and a, a borderline political philosophy, um, in and, and <laughs> white people who don't necessarily support oppression still benefit from whiteness Mm -hmm. they don't always see where it is and when you have movies from people of color that are under the surface actually holding up whiteness the effect it has is to make white people leave these movies smiling feeling progressive feeling good about themselves Feeling like now, I I I love seeing the humanity and other cultures that I don't understand. They feel like they've been given a glimpse of something, and that they're part of the solution by the representation that's there. Which is where the representation issue comes in. So you have because they saw the movie, right? You have a lot of white people who are big fans of Lin Manuel Miranda. On the other hand,
0: he's accessible.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. He does work for white people, and you can't really blame him because that's still where most of the money is. Well, it's worked. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But on the other hand, this movie, In the Heights, um, immediately upon release, started getting criticized for um, colorism. And colorism is something that. White people have a tendency to not notice because from a white perspective, we are ingrained to see white and not white. But for other people who are not white, they experience um, another form of discrimination that we don't use the word racism for because that's a power structure word. trying not to get too deep into this no
0: i want more info on colorism
1: so they they it's not called racism uh because racism is used for um oppressive power structure it's not just uh discriminating against someone based on their skin color it is specific to and this is like in the literature and yes that's I the know other that reason it... people will use racism in different ways.
0: Well, that's the other reason this took like a week is Amy was doing hardcore research apparently.
1: Yes, I was. And
0: colorism I don't want that to be the precedent.
1: Well, but this one's important. Okay. Colorism has uh colorism is when um non-white people are discriminated against by other non-white people because they are farther from whiteness in their skin tone. It's almost always directed at darker skin mm-hmm. um, than lighter skin. Yeah. So it's, it's a preference for lighter skin in non-white mm-hmm. community. Um, and one of the things that just was immediately evident to... Um, especially the dominican audiences was that the dominican republic is has a high percentage of dark skinned black people Mm -hmm. and the movie was largely either non-black people Mm -hmm. or light-skinned black people Mm um and very little black representation in the more prominent characters. Yeah. So even if there were dark skinned black people, they were in the background. Yeah. And the Dominican Republic Well Ben
0: would be the character who who would be like the black person. But of he was the main cast. He
1: was fairly light skinned. Yes. So that's where the colorism comes into play. Um and this is this is just really reporting on issues yeah. that have that that he was called out on. Lynn when, when well, Miranda was called out on. Did
0: he do the casting?
1: You know his name is going to be attached to it either way. Yes, but and, I, I and just the thing is, is this is not the first time he's been called out for supporting colonialism, mm-hmm. and and colorism is a form of upholding whiteness among non-white people. Yeah, um, I, I
0: just think it's interesting that like there's been tweets specifically to him, but. That seems to me to be something that would be more directed to the studio that produced the movie. Well, I think
1: he does stand to um, be held accountable for what is ultimately um, his work. Because what he didn't do was get angry with the studio and say they shouldn't be doing this while they were filming. Yeah, that's true. You know, th- there are things that he could have done and he knew he knew that his name... Was what was going to be attached to it yeah. Not the studio I don't even know what studio did it I know it was Lin-Manuel Miranda though
0: I want to guess No it wasn't one I was familiar with actually See there you go Because I, I noted during opening credits Like huh I don't know these ones Right So he was pretty much immediately
1: called out on this And he has a, So we're going to have to go to Hamilton Of course About some of the other things I was been expecting this Alright so are you familiar with the criticisms of Hamilton
0: Yeah it's, okay. it's it's not a person of color story. It's just um, you know they did colorblind casting for all these characters who were slaveholders.
1: Yes. Yes. And tried to make them out as abolitionists. It was. It and was, feminists. Yeah. They were not those things. No. They took representation and used representation to gloss over glorifying a colonialist mindset. Yeah. And that he was called out on it yeah he was called out on it to the point of um when he took Hamilton to Puerto Rico where uh he's not from Puerto Rico but his parents were and he considers he's Puerto Rican American Puerto Rican American which which is Puerto a stupid in America <laughs> it's a stupid distinction yeah.
0: but still one that can't be made yes because a lot of America doesn't consider it's Puerto Rico because it's a
1: colony yeah it's And, like, Puerto Rico is so mired in colonialism because they are straight up a colony. They're not a state. Nope. They don't have... the representation. They don't have representation. They don't have dominion over themselves. Um, They are not... They they are colonized people. And so to have a Puerto Rican who's very pro-colonization made a lot of Puerto Ricans mad. Yeah. Uh, to the point of when he took Hamilton to stage a production in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. a, he was driven out of the first venue of choice because it was on the university campus and they were like uh, you know I think we might get violent <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> yeah it, it, it really it, it's really a it, it's really a tough issue again You know, I'm a white person. I don't have the culture and experience of Puerto Rican people. Uh, But I do know that as a white person and knowing other white people that I spend a lot of time with, there is a lot of love for Lin-Manuel Miranda and a serious lack of understanding of what his own culture has called him out for. And... You know, a lot of white people walking away with the good feels after seeing a Lin-Manuel Miranda production. um, When in reality, it's maybe doing the exact opposite of the good feels that they're having. And it's largely because it's very hard for white people to see colonialism when they're confronted with it. True. It's not hard for Puerto Ricans to see colonialism. They're quite experienced in it. But it took me a week of trying to figure out what it was that was off because I'm white and I don't immediately experience that. But I know that something was there and I know that my fellow white people were walking around going, oh, it was such a feel-good story. But in reality, it was a very colonial story. It was a bootstrap story. It was a, you know, if you just surrender to this capitalist ideal that America has... Your dreams will come true. And that's just not the reality that actual colonized people feel or experience. Mm-hmm. But the white people walk away feeling as though like, yeah, see, all all those people did so well for themselves. No,
0: one of them straight up died because she didn't have power. Like,
1: yeah. So in addition to the Puerto Rico... Um, changing the Puerto Rico uh, venue Um, after Hamilton. And I guess a little ways after Hamilton, but this was staged maybe in, I saw some stages, staging of it in 2019. Um, A black playwright and poet by the name of Ishmael Reed.
0: Is it Ishmael or Ishmael? I
1: haven't heard it said out loud. Okay. I've just been reading it. So if I if I have that wrong, it's because I haven't heard it said out loud. Um, he wrote a play called The Haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda.
0: Oh, fan works are fun, guys. And, and, and fan works are, I use that term as in deriving from an original, not that it's pro- well, this was
1: um, this play, and, and it was staged in 2019, um, partly because when you started to see Trumpism, uh, a lot of people who loved Hamilton um, were so offended by Trump. And a lot of the people who actually know the history of the Founding Fathers were uh, namely, black people, black scholars. And people who have studied an actual of, black history.
0: Instead of just whatever's been fed to them.
1: Instead of just whatever's been fed to them. Again, this is what makes it relevant to white people is that you've probably just taken what you were taught because why wouldn't you? Well, a,
0: lot of, a lot of history in the United States is just straight up propaganda. Exactly. Um, but Reed's
1: interpretation was essentially that... Uh Hamilton and Trump would have loved each
0: other. A lot of those old fools would have loved Trump. Absolutely. And That's so, that's my thing about like don't care what your ancestors thought. Those guys sucked. Right, right. Right. Um so
1: this play uh Lin-Manuel Miranda is visited by the ghosts of the people that the Hamilton and Schuyler families enslaved, and um, Native peoples uh, who they worked to exterminate, and it he he's basically exp- it, it, ex- it's explained to him why these weren't good people, and and what they really did, and they talk about the wounds that were discovered on the bones in the graveyard of the slave graves of the Hamilton and Shiler, um estates mm. and how brutally they were treated as evidenced by the bones. And it, it was, I mean, one of the characters in the play, the name of the character was Negro woman with child, mm. because that's the only name ever listed for her. Mm hmm. And it was in relation to just being sold away Chattel. and separated. Yeah, um, so it's just it it's just very. It was a very powerful confrontation, and a lot of the a lot of the works that I've read criticizing Lin Manuel Miranda are repeating the kind of idea that he just doesn't seem to understand the deeper philosophy that he is portraying in popular media Mm -hmm. um, needing to understand that like he's getting a lot of endorsements from banks and Mm -hmm. the Rockefeller Foundation. I guess the Rockefellers bought like 40,000 tickets for school children to go see Hamilton.
0: I mean, that's, that's like, if you're in corporate, that's a big get.
1: Like it, it, it
0: depends on where your focus is.
1: Right. Um, the, the play, uh, The Haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda, it, it kind of comes to the conclusion that he was just not informed and, you know, he didn't do enough research on the area and, you know, that upon being presented with the facts, he changed his mind. And the criticism of Lin-Manuel Miranda in Puerto Rico has been very similar, that like he just doesn't really understand what it is like on the ground here he supported policies that put austerity measures Mm -hmm. he was a lobbyist for promesa yes that's
0: the article i read about Mm -hmm. was talking about that
1: now he he has come out and said that he doesn't think promesa worked the way it should have and that it's it's not helping anybody and he wanted debt relief not whatever this is and so yeah maybe that does point to he didn't really have enough information on the issue But he's using an awfully big megaphone Mm -hmm. to speak on issues that maybe he doesn't understand. But it's quite clear that plenty of people have given him the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And so far, all he has done is say, thank you for engaging with me. Yeah, no, he's in the the works are not showing the growth that the real activists have been asking him to present
0: yeah yeah well um he's in the business of making these pop culture hits for this audience so it's not totally incongruent yes so Um, you know if
1: if you're listening to this podcast as a white person i i really want to inform you specifically that just because you like him doesn't mean he's to be the standard. Right. And and just know that what you're seeing presented from his works um, Is it- maybe shouldn't make you feel as good as it does. And that listening to me talk about it isn't really getting you there. No. Um, I mean, I read the, play- the, the Haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's sounds wrenching it's pretty it's I paid eight dollars for it Mm. and it's 53 pages long Mm. you can read that yeah you know go go hear the voices of people affected by this because there's a lot out there Mm -hmm. and you know if you're going to go enjoy the kind of pageantry of Lin-Manuel Miranda Understand what what people are saying about his effect on their lives as people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't just have the feel-good moment. Um, I mean, ed- educate yourself on not just American history of the founding fathers, but current events. Um, and I'd say, too, the colorism thing kind of got to me because Lin-Manuel Miranda is so hip-hop based... And to take Afro-Caribbeans out of a story that's told in hip-hop just seems um, somebody needs to go read some hip-hop history well, as it was, well. It
0: was interesting to me, like, because his ancestry, at least that's immediately apparent to anybody that's looking at him. And by at him, I mean, like, online reading about his ancestry. Yeah. yeah not, like, physical appearance. Yeah
1: you're better at saying them out loud in the podcast than you are like in real life out of the
0: podcast well because you're getting there this is more effort and brain space than i usually give to common conversation yes um but you know we talked about him being puerto rican right which is not dominican republican dominican right right so it was interesting to me that that was the main cultural yeah. paintbrush. Right. For the
1: movie. Right. Um, and, and maybe that's why he didn't notice differences in um, the demographics of the play for Dominican Republic versus Puerto Rico. No. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. But again, it was, it, people have given choice, him ample opportunity to learn... The deep, deeper struggles mm-hmm. that he has been possibly inadvertently upholding a colonialist mindset and supporting whiteness mm-hmm. as a s- supreme whatever it is. it, it It's yeah, so no, hard to... This like, movie is an easy pill to swallow. It's a very easy pill to swallow. And that might be because you're white.
0: Yeah. Well... So let me talk about a different thing because okay. I, I didn't notice the colorism. No, um, I, I,
1: I wouldn't have either without reading what other people were.
0: The, the theme to me that seemed out of place and odd uh-huh. was legacy, which is a very strong theme in Hamilton was, you know, who will tell your story, legacy came up as a theme in this this movie, In the Heights, which to me was just very like, huh, what are you trying to say there? Because my feeling walking out of the theater was that was a fun movie to watch. I'm sad (laughs) for my previous generations in my family. Because, um, you know, on my father's side, family came from Italy. Um, in particular, the the patriarch of the family that came over from Italy was like um, an orphan. And the witness at his wedding was the janitor. Right? So not great circumstances. Not a lot of connections. And then comes over through Ellis Island and and lands in Little Italy in San Francisco, and then takes his family and moves them to Idaho, and he's buried in Idaho under a different last name than he was given as an orphan, right? And so this is not very connected to the movie, but like the the movie's about a lot of immigrant quote-unquote experiences, right? and community and connection yes and where you find that yes and my thought coming out of it was well maybe this is why my family has some of the attitude it does is because we did not have connection at any stage like there could have been some in little italy but then they moved to idaho where my my uncle who was dark italian out of a family of light italians was considered black
1: right well and i think i think something you touch on there is that whiteness there are theories that that whiteness is kind of due to white people Losing the cultures that they actually should be attached to.
0: And that's the other step that I got to through this discussion is now a lot of my family members who have practically no cultural connection to, you know, where my family came from before they got on the boat are capitalists Uh and business Uh people and racists. Uh Uh-huh. I grew up being driven uh around like Palo Alto and and a bunch of these places in California on in the Bay Area that have large Hispanic populations and hearing things about well, it's really weird that they're flying Mexican flags and, and flags from the places they Immigrated from, they should be flying American flags, whereas my my insular family attitude was always, we love the place we came from. Right, and so the double standard is ridiculous.
1: Well, I think you get to pe- like, uh, <laughs> ironically enough, I'm a Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um not of the alexander hamilton lineage different right but you know there's probably it... some familial connection there somewhere just not direct descendant and a lot of a lot of what people like my family um came from europe in the 1600s mm-hmm. we have no idea like we have no connection Mm -hmm. to a culture prior to American culture which is whiteness yeah so yeah how dare you fly the flag that of the culture that you come from us real Americans have no idea what culture we came from right well my that's kind of where it where it comes from
0: yes but my family is so much more is so much closer to that. Uh-huh. And still the distancing has been astronomical. And when I say my, my great grandfather was buried under a different name, he was buried as a Rodriguez. <laughs> like <laughs> it's very confusing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: well I do not I d I don't I don't know why. But so so my feeling walking out of the movie theater wasn't oh, they've got the life. It was, those characters are making the best out of their situation. They've found community even in this removed place. Yeah, and a, a slight twinge of jealousy. Yes.
1: For what it's, they had that you don't. And that that is... Because it could have yeah. made
0: a difference through the generations if there'd been yeah. that community and that identity. Because I have nothing passed down to me yeah. from Italy. But
1: that's also why identity politics doesn't help because yes it is great to have a cultural identity but their solidified cultural identity was not saving them from gentrification no it wasn't it was not saving them no from, uh
0: things were still bad at DACA the end of the movie issues like yeah, yeah exactly and so and like my individual feeling walking out of the movie theater is not going to be representative
1: either yeah. Like well, maybe I mean it I, I think it's a thing that you could feel walking away from it that doesn't seem that abnormal for white people to feel, yeah, I just think it's probably not the majority of maybe, but maybe. regardless, I mean it yeah it it makes sense within the context of what we've talked about too though, yeah, so, yeah, how would you rate this movie after I've just totally beat it to shreds you did beat it to shreds,
0: <laughs> um Gosh. See, I was prepared to end the conversation before going into it to be like, yeah, but it's still a good movie.
1: Amanda thought this was going to be a 20 minute episode.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe a week ago it would have been. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, Cultural effect. See, that's the thing that always gets us on these. Oh, I know. Ah. I know. Could have been good. It could have been good. I'll say it was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh. mm. Mm-hmm. I think that that Ubric
1: rating represents more of how she's been made made to feel about the movie since seeing it.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna recommend it to people for like cultural literacy or anything. Well, and I also it gave me warm fuzzies too to mm-hmm. hear so much Spanish in it. And I did like that they didn't subtitle all of the things said in Spanish.
1: They did subtitle quite they, a bit. They subtitled and they didn't subtitle the English, so it was still
0: yes it was still a white english production. it was yeah. but not every single word of spanish that's, that's true there were several lines of songs especially yep. towards the beginning yeah i just was like ah, that line's lost to me glad it was there though yeah. sure people enjoyed it yeah um but it gave me warm fuzzies because i understood more <laughs> of the spanish yeah than i would have a year ago because i've been learning spanish for babies <laughs> I'm like, I know what Mijo means. <laughs> it's like, oh all the all the Spanish words I know are family words. Yeah. Yeah. So give me warm fuzzies. Yeah. But I digress. Amy, what rating would you give the movie?
1: Hmm. No, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. I'm trying to divorce how I felt about what it, about uh, with how I um know it should be viewed. How yeah. th- like the deeper analysis that needs to be there. There does need to be deeper analysis um, when looking at the effect of these movies. I think... Well, but also, it was a good movie. Yeah. I mean, you can... You I would have enjoyed it more if I hadn't accidentally crashed a double date that no one said was a double date, but yes.
0: That's not a reflection of
1: the movie, though.
0: <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. Um, there were a lot of people in the movie who may, maybe wouldn't have had roles otherwise in big productions, right? It's not bad to see the movie. Just understand the message you're taking away from it. Yeah, yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah, so just
0: remember, we're professionals with a week's worth of education. (laughs) Don't watch. We're not
1: experts in every subject that comes up.
0: No, no, (laughs) and only one of us spent that week actually thinking about it. (laughs) I just sort of got stuck on, geez, my family. (laughs) <laughs> Woof. But anyway, don't, don't watch, watch this at home. home.